I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to the Live Wire podcast. This is the podcast version of the radio show that is Live Wire Radio. Music, variety, conversations, fun being had in Portland, Oregon, which is then broadcast all over the country on public radio stations. Then, shortly after that broadcast goes out, I sit here in my little home office in Bellingham, Washington. By the way, my name is Luke Burbank. I'm uh, the host of this podcast and also the radio show. I sit in my little home office here in Bellingham, and uh, I reflect back on the radio show that was. Uh, As I record this, it is Memorial Day, a gorgeous Memorial Day up here in Bellingham. Blue skies, uh, not a cloud in sight, green grass, and uh, everything is right in the world except for the mole situation in my yard. Much more on that coming up, believe it or not. Our theme this week for the show was playing by ear. And that was because we had a bunch of guests who um, are really good at that. Um, Musically speaking, and also just improvisationally speaking when it comes to life. We have uh, Chris Thiele, who's the new host of A Prairie Home Companion. He's also an incredible mandolinist. We have Dave Hill, who's a uh, comedian and uh, all-around Really funny guy. A musician himself, too, by the way. Uh, then we have music from The Wild Reads. That is the um, that is the, the the content, I guess, of the radio show that you are about to hear by way of this podcast. Um, I started things off, though, talking about my battle with these moles in my backyard. That's probably the oldest thing I've ever said. Like... That is the most, I just turned 40 as we talked about extensively on the show. But the fact that now one of my main frustrations in life is dealing with yard moles, that is probably the most middle-aged, like, dadish thing I've ever said. And, um, and I talked about that right at the top of the show. So without further ado, take a listen to this. This is the Livewire Radio Show playing by ear this week.
from PRI Public Radio International, it's... Live Recorded in front of a live audience at Mississippi Studios in Portland, Oregon, it's Livewire. With musician and host of the Prairie Home Companion, Chris Steely, comedian and author Dave Hill. With music from the Wild Reeves and our fabulous house band. And now, the host of Livewire, bluffing his way through life one show at a time, Luke Burbank! Thank you, Jason Rouse. Thanks, everybody, for coming out to Mississippi Studios. We are so excited about this edition of Livewire. We've had it circled on our calendar for months because we've got some incredible guests for you. Our theme this week is Playing by Ear which, of course, is a musical thing. It's when you don't have the sheet music. You're just kind of, you're sort of making it up as you go along, figuring it out. Of course, we also use playing by ear as a way of describing real life. When you're doing something and you don't really have an instruction manual for it, when you're trying to just kind of figure it out. And that's exactly what I've been doing this week as I face down an adversary that I've never confronted before. It's a worthy foe. It is the common yard mole. I need to explain to you why the stakes are so high in this particular event in my life. My wife and I bought a house uh, back in the fall, and we did not get the world's best home inspection done. And when we got into the house and we really looked around, we realized it needed a lot of work. I think the technical term a contractor would use would be crap shack. <laughs> I'm sorry for getting technical. So for the whole winter, we've been going crazy, tearing the whole place apart, putting it back together, and we made it pretty nice. We're very happy with it. But this spring, my attention turned to our backyard because I had a dream that I could create an oasis back there. And so we planted some trees, and my wife put some flowers in. I've been mowing the lawn sometimes twice a week so that it's like a golf green. And it's exactly what I hoped it would be. This is what I do on nice spring nights. I go sit in the yard in a lawn chair, I listen to the baseball game on an AM radio, and I drink a beer. And everything in my world is perfect. It is like the highlight of each and every day. So you can imagine my horror when yesterday I was sitting in my office at our house working, and in the yard I saw a dirt pile that was getting taller actually rising from the grass like some prehistoric volcano in the Pacific. And I looked over and I realized there was like four other huge piles. And I went crazy. I turned into Bill Murray from Caddyshack. <laughs> I like ran outside. My first thing was I was going to reach in the hole and grab the mole. But then I thought, do moles have teeth? Am I afraid of moles? I haven't really thought about this much in my life, so I just bent over the hole and I yelled, get out of here! <laughs> my dog was right behind me. She is not afraid of moles. <laughs> She's not afraid of anything. She just went crazy. She knocked the whole dirt pile over. She did not get to the mole, I guess I'm happy to report. He was down in his tunnel somewhere. But I was, like, looking around the yard, looking at my oasis that had been destroyed, and I was like, this means war. So I got my wife, I was like, we're going to the store, 
we are taking these moles on. And the hardware store has a whole section for getting rid of moles, and it is amazing. <laughs> it is some, like, wily Coyote, Acme, <laughs> pest eradication <laughs> There is dynamite. It's not actually dynamite, but it's a thing you light a fuse on and throw it in the hole. There are poisonous worms that are yellow and glow so the moles can find them because, I don't know if you know this, but their eyesight is not great. So I was like, yes, I'm holding the dynamite in one hand and the poison worms in the other hand. And my wife looks at the box of poison worms and she looks at the mole that's on the box and she says, that mole is adorable. You're not killing any moles, buddy. I will mention, too, that I think my wife's biological clock is really kicking right now because she subscribes to, like, Facebook groups that are just about animals being cute. Like, she will forward me a video at least once a day of, like, a raccoon with a baby Bjorn with a cat in it. This is how she spends a lot of her time. So she was like, you have to get the moles to leave the yard through nonviolent means. So what that left me with were these, they sell these plastic spikes that the box said they emit a sonic pulse that the moles hate. It makes the moles leave the yard. So we, we get these spikes. We're driving home. My wife's reading the box. She goes, you know, you can't just drive these spikes into the ground. You've got to dig a hole first and put them in because they're plastic. You'll destroy them. And I was like, eh, yeah, I read the directions. My plan had totally been to drive the plastic spikes into the ground. <laughs> That was 100% my plan. So I get home, I dig the holes. It's a whole production. I get them in there. I take the top off, these spikes. I put the batteries in, and I click the top down. And as I do that, the, the spike goes... <laughs> and I'm like, I guess that's just the sound it makes when it's booting up or something. And like 10 seconds later, it goes... <laughs> And then like 10 seconds later, it does it again. And I get the box back out, and I'm reading it, and they're saying, I look more closely, and it says, it emits an annoying shriek that moles hate. And I was like, no S, Sherlock. Humans also hate the sound. That's the futuristic technology that these spikes provide. It's just an annoying thing in your backyard, so. I was in bed last night, and I swear to you, I could hear these spikes. At like 2 in the morning, I was thinking, what a bad idea. But then I realized it's kind of a genius idea because when the show's done, I'm going to go back home. One of two things will have happened in that backyard. Either the moles will have moved because of the sound or we will move because of the sound. Either way, I think it's sort of problem solved. So that's what I've been playing by ear this week. Let's get your first guest out here. Playing by ear comes extremely naturally to this guy. He was considered a genius on the mandolin when he was a teenager. Then he was declared an actual MacArthur Foundation genius some years later. And now another feather in his cap. He's been tapped as the new permanent host of a little radio show called A Prairie Home Companion that you might have heard of. Please welcome from Punch Brothers, the incredible Chris Thiele. Thank 
that. I don't think I've ever had walking music before. I Get wish... ready for the glitz and glamour of public radio, my friend. <laughs> I want to talk to you about this instrument that you clutch in your left hand, mm. uh, the mandolin. When did you first get your hands on a mandolin? I was, I was two years old when my parents started attending a weekly bluegrass night at a pizza place called That Pizza Place. It's still there in Carlsbad, California. And um, Was this before did, they put I the Legoland in? Yes, yes, pre-Legoland, alas. Or I might have yeah, launched Had a whole different a, career. Yeah, a more lucrative career, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but I saw, I saw the mandolin on stage. It was being wielded by a very charismatic uh, bluegrass front man. And, and at that point in my life, I tended to gravitate towards the leaders of things. He was the leader of that band. And, and then also, I mean, you know, just look at the thing. Look through your radio dial at this... <laughs> at this magnificent instrument with its points and scrolls and... It um, is gorgeous. It's nice, right? And it's small. Yeah. It's small and it's high-pitched, and, and that's exactly what I was. Um, <laughs> and so it was a match made in heaven. I, I chose to be a mandolin player then. Did uh, the musical side of it come really naturally to you, too? Like, did it just sort of make sense for you? I, I, I have always really, really, really loved music. Um, it, it, it seemed to kind of come. Um, you know, it was, I, I was so little. I, I think I, I, I wasn't aware that it was supposed to be too terribly difficult. And when it got difficult at times, it, it seemed like it was, it, the instrument was insulting me or something. It was like an aff affront and, you know, that I needed to actually smack its face with a glove and, and let's take this outside. Let's... Let's, you know, we'll see about You're going to show this mandolin who's boss. It was something This four-year-old child in yeah, Carlsbad, California. Something along those lines. I, I, was, I was actually five by the time I, 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 I wore my parents down. I was begging them nonstop from two to five um, for a mandolin. And they, they thought, I think, at that, at that time that it would be, you know, next thing is that I'm going to be begging to be a stegosaur, you know? <laughs> It was like um, a non-real dream. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but then I, I, didn't, I didn't let it go, and eventually one sort of landed in my lap, and, and, and off I went. Wow. Well, we want to hear a song, but we've got to mm. take a quick break first just to emotionally get ready, Chris, to hear how great this is going to be. We have Chris Thiele here. You may know him from Punch Brothers, previously from Nickel Creek, and as the new host starting in October of A Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> this right here, this is Livewire Radio, which is, you know, not too bad all on its own. We'll be back with more coming up. Stay where you are. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Luke. Hey, I want to play you a voicemail that we got from listener Wayne uh, on the subject of moles. Got some helpful advice. By the way, if you, like Wayne, would like to enjoy the moderate celebrity of having your voicemail played on a public radio podcast... You can give us a ring. The phone number is 803-597-2346, 803-LW-RADIO. The outgoing message is not me on the machine, I've been told. So if you call 803-597-2346 and you hear a voice that is not mine, you have not called the wrong show. You've called the right show. It just has uh, some kind of general outgoing message right now. I wanted to clarify because the producer of this podcast, Laura Haddon, has asked me no less than four times to do it, and I haven't because I'm busy, you guys. i got a whole situation with these moles I'm dealing with, which listener Wayne 
uh, has some thoughts on. Hey, Luke, this is Wayne calling from the Twin Cities. I wanted to add a few comments regarding your mold situation. Got about 15 years of experience with those yard destroyers, and I can offer up this for advice. Don't use that plunger-type mold trap with the spikes. It's not too effective. You've got to use the Victor Out-O-Sight scissor trap. It's a little dangerous to set. You've got to watch your fingers, but it's much more effective. And all I can say is, Luke, you've got to be smarter than that mole. <laughs> that trap, that scissor trap or any other. By the way, what listener Wayne doesn't know about me could fill that new uh, football stadium they've got there in Minnesota because I am probably not smarter than the moles. But I appreciate you thinking that, listener Wayne. And also, the neighbors might find it very amusing watching you as you stand motionless in the yard, weapon in hand, as I have, waiting to put an end to the destructive tunneling as you watch the earth move right before your eyes. Very arrogant of your foe. Anyway, don't talk to the neighbors because, one, the mole will hear your voice and scurry into his lower tunnels, and, two, they don't know what we both know. It's not amusing at all to have your yard landscaped by moles. I think I'd rather pay for that service. And finally, don't be too hard on yourself when you can't believe you are actually exhibiting such primitive behavior in your quest to eradicate your foe. I empathize with you and feel your pain. We both know this is no laughing matter. Love the show, and good luck with the battle. See ya. That, my friends, is how you leave a voicemail. That was a solid voicemail from listener Wayne in Minnesota. You heard a certain... I don't know, weariness in his voice. He'd seen things. Like, he'd been out there on the mole battlefields, and he'd, he'd seen things that he couldn't unsee. And only somebody else who has battled this menace uh, could really understand his pain. But I'm just going to tell you this by way of an update, because uh, I, we recorded the Livewire radio show earlier this week, and now it's been four or five days since that. Um, I got new molehills in the yard, everybody. The... Sound, the annoying sound made by the spike is apparently not annoying enough for the moles. I went yesterday to the store. I bought two new spikes and stuck them in the existing mole holes. I've now gotten to the point where I'm too lazy to even dig like a whole proper thing. I'm just jamming the spike, like 50% of it, just jamming it down into where the molehill was. And then what happens is uh, they don't come to that area anymore, but they go to a different area of the yard. So... The struggle is real, everybody, is what I'm trying to tell you, and I will keep you posted on me versus the moles throughout the summer, whether you want it or not, here on the Livewire podcast, a podcast that is brought to you in part by Ergo Depot, makers of amazing sit-stand desks like the Jarvis, which is what I use when I am recording the Livewire radio show. Have you ever considered buying an adjustable height desk, but you got questions? Of course you do. It's a big purchase. The kind of adjustable height desk you use says a lot about you people, and you want to get the right ones. And Ergo Depot has a website for just that thing. If you go to ergodepot.com, E-R-G-O depot.com, you can see their wide selection of desks that will meet all of your needs. Or you can give them a call, and they'll schedule an appointment to find the perfect desk for you. You can go right in there to the store. IRL, brick and mortar, all of that old school stuff, and uh, check out all of their cool stuff in person. And if you happen to be in the Portland area, coming up uh, very soon, Friday, June 10th, and Saturday, June 11th, uh, they are having a big blowout warehouse sale, which you can find out about at ergodepot.com. So if you're in the Portland area and you want to save like up to 75% on Ergo stuff, 
uh, go to their website, ErgoDepot.com, and find out about this big warehouse sale that they are having. Big thanks to Ergo Depot for sponsoring Livewire. Uh, all right, coming up, I actually uh, heard this interview on the radio as I was driving around running errands, and uh, I got to tell you, it just it warmed my heart because this guy, Chris Thiele, from Punch Brothers and A Prairie Home Companion, he is just a delight. It's no wonder that he is a MacArthur Genius Award winner uh, because he is. The guy is just a, he's a genius at mandolin. He's uh, wonderful to talk to, and you're going to hear him coming up, plus the Wild Reads and also Dave Hill. So uh, stay stay tuned. Stay plugged in. Uh, Wiredos. Trying to remember the other thing we, we decided on last week. <laughs> sparkies, little Sparkies. Stay plugged in here, Wiredos and little Sparkies, because the Livewire podcast rolls on. Welcome back to Livewire Radio from PRI. I'm Luke Burbank. Our theme this week is playing by ear, and we have somebody who's extremely great at that, Chris Thiele from Punch Brothers and uh, now a Prairie Home Companion. Uh, you are the newly minted host. I want to I talk about that uh, coming up because when I'm backstage on this show feeling nervous, sometimes I tell myself, at least it's not a Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> so I don't know where that leaves you. First, though... <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of pressure, but we wanted to, to hear a song uh, from you on this mandolin that we've been talking about. What are you going to play for us here? I was thinking of playing a song that I wrote with some friends of mine. We made a record together called The Goat Rodeo Sessions. And, um, and this is a song from that record that we wrote. It's called Here and Heaven. All right, this is Chris Thiele on Livewire. So we are staking our claim 
We forget we've heard along the way and reach out for a strange and hold someone strong but not bold enough to tear down the wall. We ain't lost enough to find the stars ain't cross while line and why fall hard not soft into fall not winter spring not summer cold not cold Well it's warm not high if we are forgotten that we're getting That is Chris Thiele, right here on Livewire Radio. I probably could have done that. <laughs> I knew it was kind of your thing, though, so I didn't want to steal your thunder. But I mean, that oh, was no, really good. That that I'm taking notes as a host. Yeah. That is <laughs> exemplary behavior. Always tell the guest you could have done that. <laughs> it's really a masterclass, Chris, on how to host a public radio variety show. I. This is, this is good. I, I knew it was worth the 15-minute drive from my house. Yes. Um, let's talk about uh, the, the public radio hosting in your future. You have uh, been uh, tapped as the new host of our Prairie Home Companion. Uh, uh, you had filled in as a guest host at some point, right? Yes. How did that go? Apparently, okay. Now you're the <laughs> real host. So. Well, the, so that was on the, the distant heels of a conversation I had with Garrison. He called me... And I was too scared to answer the phone. Seriously? Did you have caller ID? Did it just say Lake Wobegon on it? <laughs> like, that's either a bill collector or Garrison there, Keeler. I'm not answering. And you're sitting there going, that place isn't even real. Yeah. <laughs> I am not answering this phone. Uh, no, you know, you just, his, his, even his name, it takes up a lot of space on the caller ID. It's, <laughs> it's imposing. And, and so I didn't answer it, because it's just, what, whoa. And the, but finally, I got, uh, he left a, he left a, a message. That's, that is just the best. You listen to a Garrison Keillor message on your voicemail. And it's exactly the same as when he's talking about uh, powder milk biscuits or, 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 or you know, how, how badly one might want a slice of rhubarb pie. I mean, it's yeah. the same. Wow. Chris, I'd like to... I'd like to talk to you about, about something. Uh, call me back. 
and of course you you know then then uh, you know fear or no you you must call the man he asked me to call i've been listening to him say things since i was old enough to understand english and so you know i i, I do what mr keeler says uh, on my voicemail i called him back and he started outlining this this plan that is now in effect um and I was uncharacteristically quiet for a second at the end of his spiel and, and thought about you know, the years I've spent listening to that show and you know, sort of wandering around Prairie Home Companion like it was the legend of Zelda. And because you, you've been on, you had been on many times even as a teenager with Nickel Creek. Yes. So you kind of, yes. in a way, grew up on that show. Right, right, exactly, with and on. And so thinking about it for a second and thinking about how I, I love... Uh, not not just music, but I love giving things to, to people. I think this is it's just this beautiful, uniquely human impulse to try and make something nice and to give it to someone. And we do that. We do so many horrible things, but we do that too, and we do it really well. This is such a wonderful city for that kind of behavior and the, the, the <laughs> making making beautiful things, you know, largely out of pork. Um, <laughs> And and but of course it's so good. It's yes. really it's really good. Um, but no, but but to be able to do that via the format that Garrison imagined, which I think is an immortal format, this beautiful swirling carousel of music and and comedy and storytelling, and to to be a part of its continued evolution is very exciting. We're talking to Chris Thiele. You may know him from Punch Brothers or Nickel Creek, and now from. Uh, his new gig, hosting a Prairie Home Companion. Uh, has it been hard? Have you been uh, thinking about how you're going to host the show and, and I'm sure talking to the producers and starting to come up with ideas? Is it hard to not just turn in, to some degree, a Garrison Keillor impression? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, subconsciously. Oh, you, would, you know, I've had to fight. You, you sit there and go, you know, this portion of our show brought to you by Powder Milk Biscuits. Heavens, they're tasty and expeditious, giving shippers the strength they need to get up and do what needs to be done. And... <laughs> And, and it's very difficult not to drop into a garrison cadence. What makes it easier is that my voice is pitched a full octave higher. <laughs> They're like, Goodness. why is the kid from Malcolm in the Middle hosting my <laughs> favorite radio show? Yes. Also, I am married, and my wife really lets me have it if I start sounding like Garrison. Isn't that... Um, I, I have to say, my wife is also the wind on top of my wings. Yes. And it is... <laughs> It is a real, it's a real service that our spouses provide. They, they, absolutely. You don't want to fly too close to the sun. No, it's dangerous up there. It is. Did you even take a, a half a second to consider uh, whether or not to take the gig? Because it's, it uh, it's a huge commitment as well, right? I took... Um, that evening, the evening of that phone call, and the next morning, but only because I was sure I had made it up. Um, <laughs> I, I, not that he, that we had spoken, but just that what was coming out of his mouth, I was some had, had gone through some sort of a, a you know a, a, a dreamy wish filter, um, <laughs> and I called him the next day, and just basically rattled it all off. Is that what you said, Mr. Keeler? That was you. Yes, Chris, that's about, that's about right. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so here we are. How does this change your life? I mean, you weren't doing too bad before. I mean, MacArthur <laughs> genius, 
You're a member of a really successful and popular band, Punch Brothers. You've got a great, uh, you know, pedigree with uh, your your musicianship. Uh, what's different for you now that you're going to be the host of this big public radio show? Well, a, a big a big difference right off the bat is I'm used to playing, you know, a hundred or so shows a year that are largely the same. Um, you know, so so for instance, Punch Brothers. Uh, we've played a bunch of shows over the last two years in support of our last record, Phosphorescent Blues. And, and while we change the set list nightly, um, it, it might just be the order of things, or there might be two or three slots that are up for, you know, a little, oh, let's dip back into the catalog and get this one out, or this cover, or something like that, just to keep it interesting for ourselves. But on a show like Prairie Home Companion, um, it needs to be different than last week. So we're going to have 13 this opening season and then and then kick it back up to a normal amount and they all have to be different and that is huh. thrilling to me um, to be able to put together two hours um, you know two hours of beautiful things that people have made for each other on a weekly basis I, I mean I just ah hurry are, October are you going to keep some of the hallmarks of the show some of the real kind of guideposts for people like, are you still going to... I mean, you may not know this yet because you guys are still in pre-production, I guess, but... We're discussing right now, you know, what is going to sound sincere coming from a 35-year-old of diffuse origin. <laughs> um, A.K.A. Carlsbad. A.K.A. Yeah, what's the news from Carlsbad going to yeah. sound like? <laughs> My son Calvin stole seven blocks from Legoland. <laughs> I'm not going to say... Uh, it's been a quiet leak in Wo Lake Wobegon, um, although I, I will assume that it has been. Uh, <laughs> that's safe. I think that's pretty safe. Yeah. Uh, but I think we'll, we'll keep something. I mean, I have the powder milk thing memorized at this point, so I feel like maybe yeah. we should just throw You've invested in the time to learn that, right? <laughs> I, got that, I got that via osmosis over the right. years. Well, we are so excited to hear uh, you on Prairie Home Companion continue following with Punch Brothers. Chris Thiele, thank you so much for thank coming on the show, so man. Much, Really fun. Thank you, guys. This week's show is brought to you in part by Whole Foods Market, featuring high-quality meats that are free of antibiotics, added growth hormones, and animal byproducts in feed, because antibiotics belong in your medicine cabinet not your pork chops. More information at WholeFoodsMarket.com. I first saw this week's musical guests on one of those NPR Tiny Desk concerts, and I was transfixed, so much so that I immediately went to their website and I bought one of their T-shirts, which I want to tell you I almost never do, because when you work in radio, it's basically one big free T-shirt festival. But I went and bought the Wild Reeds t-shirt because I so wanted people to know about this amazing band. Uh, they are from Los Angeles. They have amazing harmonies. And they're out touring in support of their latest project, which is an EP called Best Wishes. Please welcome the Wild Reeds to Livewire.
Heck yeah, that's the Wild Reads here on Livewire. Thank you so much. This week's show is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines. 
with 80 non-stops from Seattle, including New York's Kennedy Airport. Now the city that never sleeps is just a nap away. Alaska Airlines, keeping you connected non-stop. More information at alaskaair.com. This is Livewire Radio. We're talking about playing it by ear this week. And our next guest had elevated playing his life by ear to a near art form, living at his parents' house in Cleveland into his late 20s before decamping for the couches of New York City with no clear plan there either. But all along, Dave Hill was up to something, accumulating experiences and adventures that would translate into his comedy and his music. His new book, Dave Hill Doesn't Live Here Anymore, follows his move to New York and his long-running debate with his father over spaghetti versus pizza. Please welcome Dave Hill to Livewire. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm having a lovely time. Here's what I find fascinating about you, having, having read this book. You appear to have almost zero ambition. Well, thank you. <laughs> but you have also accomplished a lot. This is your second book. I'm a, I'm a man of contradictions. Uh, it is my second book. Um... And you've been on TV, and you have a band, and you do mm -hmm. a lot of things. But when I read about your approach to life in, in your latest book, it doesn't seem like you are somebody who wakes up every morning with a fire in his belly. No, I'm just, I can be talked into things, I think. <laughs> I, think that, <laughs> I think that's the one, yeah. I'm just people like, oh, you want to do this? I'm like, oh, all right. I'll keep my options open and uh, see what comes my way. And uh, it's going all right. This exact approach might be why your parents got you a life coach. Yes. As I read about in the book. Yeah. Because if I were a parent and my son Dave Hill was describing his ambition in this way, I would also get him a life coach. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I have ambitions. They're just <laughs> very unclear to most people, including myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my parents, they, well, first they sent me for career testing where it was like all day, like I had to do these equations and... You know, the guy would ask me what my values were as if they existed and things like that. And, uh, and then I thought at the end of it, he'd say, well, you should call Don. He's got a job for you. Uh, but he, they didn't. He was just like, you should be in the arts. And, uh, and my parents cried and cried. <laughs> and, uh, and you were about how old at this time? Mm, <laughs> like probably 30, I would say. <laughs> But, um, yeah, and then a, a, few, a couple years after that, my sister had heard of this life coach that had helped some other wayward youths get back on track. And uh, I was living in New York by this time. And I, I had already, like, written for a few TV shows and, and started doing stand-up comedy and things like that. But I wasn't, um, you know, pulling in the big bucks like I am now. Uh, <laughs> So they were like, well, you know, we want you to talk to this life coach. And I, was, I said, well, that sounds hilarious, so I'll do it. And I was honestly curious what sort of coaching they would have in mind for me. And uh, it went on for a few months, and, and my mother wanted to talk to the life coach. And so I said, well, that's, that's even funnier than me just having the life coach. Go for it. And so 
She talked to the life coach a couple times, and then the life coach called back and said, you know, I have to quit being your life coach. And that, that I was concerned when I heard that, yeah. to be honest. And I, and I said, why? And she said, well, you know, your parents are trying to get me to talk you into getting, like, a proper job, you know? Because my, my parents are always like, why are you answering the phone at noon from your house? And I can hear that you're not wearing pants or whatever. <laughs> you know, they're always like, <laughs> they didn't ever understood what I was up to. You were raised by a family of bats. <laughs> Incredibly perceptive Pretty hearing. <laughs> but, yeah, so the life coach uh, said, yeah, they want, you know, they want me to talk you into getting a proper job. And, uh, but I think, I think you should stay the course of, of doing what you're doing. I, I don't think you should change what you're doing. So she was actually a really good life coach in the end. But she had to quit because your mom was paying her? Yeah, isn't that embarrassing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, these were dark times, <laughs> you know? But what are you going to say, you know? Your yeah. mom wants to get you a life coach, and... Uh, I owed her a little cash, you know, I couldn't really fight it. Yeah. But I did, you know, I did get a, an essay out of it in the book, so it all paid off, really. We're talking to Dave Hill. His uh, latest book is Dave Hill Doesn't Live Here Anymore. You write in the book about a job that you got writing ringtones for Donald Trump. Yeah. Which also brought you into actual direct contact <laughs> with Donald Trump. Yes, you, I needed the money. Shut up. <laughs> this was like right around. <laughs> this is when his worst crime was being on The Apprentice. You know, yeah, right? he was just a quiet businessman from Queens at the time. No, <laughs> no one knew. None of us could have possibly known what was <laughs> ahead. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, and this would have been around the time I, I had the life coach, you know. So uh, a lot was going on with me. And. Uh, <laughs> But I got a call. I was doing some freelance writing. And I got a call to write these ringtones. It was during the celebrity ringtone boom of the early 2000s. You all remember it. We all packed up and moved out west. And I thought, well, I would, I'll just say, hey, it's Donald. That's, I, I don't have a good Donald Trump impression, but hey, it's Donald Trump. You're fired. I thought I would just do that and be like, give me my so money. So the idea is that somebody would purchase a recording that would then be there when their phone rang, You'd it would be Donald Trump saying some version of you're fired. And yeah, and everyone would have a big laugh and, <laughs> and be like, well, I should get that ringtone. Uh, but he couldn't say you're fired because he, he somehow failed to negotiate the rights to you're fired. His catchphrase on the hit TV series Apprentice that I, we hope comes back. Uh, but he didn't have the rights to it. That was possibly the most subtle political statement I've ever heard on this show. Just really I'm, hoping for the return of the I'm Apprentice <laughs> television program. My point is that he didn't—he didn't—he wasn't savvy enough to get the rights to that phrase. So it could be argued maybe he would struggle with other things. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> other things—other things that might crop up at the job he's going for. But uh, I thought I would just write them, and they would pay me. But then they said, well, we want you to come to Donald Trump's office and when we record him. And I said, I'm going to shower for that. <laughs> and, uh, and so I went there, and his office was a, whatever you're... It's, everything's covered in gold. I, I think I write in the book, it's as if a blind decorator were given an unlimited budget and told he'd never work in this town again. <laughs> it's just... Uh, but he comes in and he's... You know, Our announcer, Jason Rouse, loved that reference. Thank you. Well, then you're really going to love the book. Yeah. 
Wait, uh, hold on, Dave. Uh, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to actually hear, and I want the audience to hear a little bit about your actual interaction with the Donald. Sure. Because you had, an, I think, a really interesting view into maybe who this guy might be. And this guy is obviously very important currently in the uh, American political scene. So uh, we are going to come back with more with Dave Hill. His new book is Dave Hill Doesn't Live Here Anymore. This is Livewire Radio from PRI. Back in a minute. Hello once again, Livewire podcast listeners. It's Luke. No new molehills in the backyard in the last seven minutes or so. I'm happy to report that. So while you were enjoying the Livewire radio show by way of the podcast, I was here staring out in the backyard, staring into the middle distance, and just thinking about moles. Um, but uh, as of right now, uh, no new um, intrusions. So um, that's just, I think everybody was kind of on the edge of their seat about that. Um, here's something else. Uh, that uh, that we've been on the edge of our seat about here at Livewire Land, which is the spring membership drive that we're involved in. This goes until June 10th. Our goal is to get to $10,000. That would be so huge for us. It would uh, it would really help our bottom line because we changed up some things about the Livewire uh, recording schedule, the broadcast, the size of venue that we're doing the show in. We've been trying a bunch of... Uh, different stuff this spring, and uh, we're really proud of the radio show that we've been uh, turning out and also of, of all the fun that people have had when they come to the live events. But truthfully speaking, it also has uh, kind of dinged our bottom line, and, uh, and so we're trying to make that up with this spring membership drive. We are two-thirds of the way there to the 10000 bucks. Uh, the way you can help, the way you can help us get the last third of this spring membership drive money that we really need to get is by going to livewireradio.org and by agreeing to become one of the League of Extraordinary Listeners. That just means that you agree to kick us a couple of bucks every month, whatever amount you feel comfortable with, whatever amount of fun the Livewire podcast adds to your week, uh, monetize that, and, um, and maybe donate that. And if you do, uh, at the $10 a month level, we'll send you a Livewire tote bag. We'll read your name on the podcast. Um, we have all kinds of cool thank you gifts at livewireradio.org that you can find out about if you want to become a member of the League of Extraordinary Listeners. We really could not do this show without all of you out there. I mean, that is the absolute truth. And uh, and so if you've been enjoying the show and you've been thinking, eh, I want to kick them a couple bucks, just do it right now. Just hit pause on the podcast. Go to your computer. You can probably even do it on your phone, really. Your phone is like a computer now, isn't it? I'm kind of old. I spend most of my time battling moles. I don't know what technology is all about, but I assume you can do it on your phone. And, uh, and help keep Livewire going, will you? Uh, we want to thank some of the current members of the League of Extraordinary Listeners, and we thought in honor of uh, Chris Thiele, our new friend and the new host of A Prairie Home Companion, uh, we thought we would go with Minnesotans who came to our live show at the Fitzgerald Theater when we did it a few months ago and joined the League of Extraordinary Listeners. And they are Maria L. Thompson of Alexandria, Minnesota, Ruth Ann DeFrang of Savage, Minnesota, and Clint and Jackie Pidlubney of St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, we, uh, we appreciate it so much, Maria, Ruth Ann, and Clint and Jackie. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we love being on in the Twin Cities. That has been such a cool thing for us to get to... Um, be on Minnesota Public Radio and, uh, and hit all those uh, fine, fine public radio listeners out that way on the weekend broadcast and also talk to you by way of the podcast. So shout out to Minnesota. All right, coming up next, comedian Dave Hill. 
talks about his time writing ringtones for Donald Trump, which went over surprisingly well with Donald Trump. And uh, one of my favorite moments of improvisation that uh, we've had on the show since I've been the host, uh, Dave Hill and Chris Thiele combining forces to improv a series of movie trailers. So do not miss that. That is right around the bend here on the Livewire podcast. Stay with us. Welcome back to Livewire Radio. I'm your host, Luke Burbank. Our theme this week is Playing by Ear, and we're talking to uh, Dave Hill, who is a, a writer, a comedian, a musician as well, uh, which I also want to talk to you a little bit about. First, though, uh, before the break, we were talking about this gig you landed when you were kind of just getting your feet under you in New York as a writer. Mm -hmm. I was you, a new kid in town, yeah. And you were writing catchphrases that Donald Trump, that were not your fired, because he didn't have the rights to say that, but things that sounded kind of similar that would be a ringtone for people's phone. You're in Donald Trump's office where they've set up this recording studio, and now it's go time. Right. And I was just, it was in this conference room, and he walks in looking like even Trumpier than I imagine. I just got a scowl, and he's like, oh, I've got to make this fast. We're busy. B busy day. Right. And he's like, you know, kind of scaring everyone and, uh, and just pointing, and there's a lot of name calling and feelings being hurt left and right. Like, everybody in the room is afraid of him because he holds everyone's fate in their hands. Yeah, like then and now, yeah. <laughs> More, less so than, no, he doesn't now. We're, we're going to be fine. So, so he actually zeroed in on you, though, right? Donald Trump actually, like, focused his attention on you at some point? Well, at one point, he's like, who wrote these? And everyone's, like, you know, figuring they're throwing me under the belt. So like, that guy, Dave Hill. And I was like, oh, better head to the elevators. And, uh... And he says, oh, these are great. You're a really good writer. And then, and I was like, well, I kind of like this Trump fella. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the one thing I'll say I did like, and, you know, other people have said this since I said it, uh, is that I did, uh, he's very self-aware, and I was like, he's kind of, he knows he's playing this character, and it made me think, well, he's like a performer, too, maybe. And maybe one day he's just going to go, ta-da! I was just kidding. Congratulations, Hillary. Uh, but we hope. We don't know. We, you know. But uh, so it made me kind of like him, thinking, like, maybe this is, you know, this elaborate, you know, he's a performance artist, and, you know, like Tilda Swinton or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so then he would only talk to me the rest of the time. You know, people would say, Mr. Trump, and he would, like, sit and just, kind of stare off into the back wall, I guess. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he would say, Dave, what do you think? And uh, I'd say, well, well Don. Uh, and, uh, and we got through it. You know, I didn't like him then, and I like him less now, but the two of us together in a room doing ringtones, forget it. It's really <laughs> It doesn't great. get any better. <laughs> um, uh, do you remember one of the specific lines you actually wrote instead of you're fired? They're, they were horrible. Uh, I mean, they, but you know, the, the customer's always right. I wanted them to be like, hey, this is Donald Trump. Don't come to work tomorrow. Uh, you know, a yeah. variation on your fired. Your key card is, yeah, is but, no longer working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but it was like, hey, this is Donald Trump. Answer your phone. It could be me calling. Uh, yeah. That wasn't not my best work, but no, no, you, you no, know, no. I'm no, just not, doing just, I, not I, here it's to a, it's a simpler time. Yeah. 
I had to pay the rent. We're not here to criticize your work, Dave Hill. No, the um, book is better than the ringtones, I assure you. The book's you. amazing, and uh, yeah. we're, we're getting close to being out of time, which bums me out because the book gets into really real stuff about you and your mom and your mom's passing away and your relationship with your father, and I think it's all handled with an incredible amount of honesty and humor and feeling. I thought the book was, was really good. Thank I you. want to, before we let you go, though, talk about your band, which is called Valley Lodge, which... If you have not heard Valley Lodge, you have probably heard Valley Lodge because you guys do the theme song for John Oliver's show. Yeah, last week tonight. And uh, and the whole album is really good. How did Thank you guys you. get? How did that song get placed on that show? Um, I mean, I have some idea. I, I've known John since he came to New York, pretty much. And uh, but then I'm friends with Liz Stanton, who's the executive producer, and I think. Fortunately, she's like, oh, we got to have a theme song. I wonder what Dave's got cooking. And uh, she just called me. I, I was home. Uh, and uh, <laughs> she was like, it's 12 o'clock. Why don't you sound like you have pants Pretty on? Much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she, she was just like, hey, we want to use one of your songs as the theme song to, you know, John's new show on HBO. And I was like, oh, you should use this song, Go. And she said, yeah, we already cut the intro to it. So um, great. <laughs> That's no, that. I mean, I love the show. It's a great show, and as a, I mean, as a fan of the show, I want it to be on for the next thirty years. And as as the guy who wrote the theme song, I want it to be on for the next thirty five. I think <laughs> you want them just playing the theme song for five over years and after over. the show's I know, been canceled. It should be on every every yeah. night. I don't know why it's just weekly. I need the money. Yeah. Well, we're playing it by ear this week, and Dave, we know that's something that you are pretty good at. You're a comedian. You've improvised many a thing. Like, you can play it by ear, right? Sure. Are you familiar with movie trailers? Sure. You know? Okay, good. It was going to be weird if you hadn't heard of movie trailers. It would be weird, like, yeah. It would like be I pretty much the end a... of this bit. <laughs> so we were wondering if we could put your ability to play it by ear and to improvise to the test. We wanted to give you a couple of characters, and then we would. Uh, your job is going to be to give us a voiceover for the movie trailer about these two characters. Okay. Just like on the fly, okay? You got it. And then I'm going to tell you what genre it is. And then when you get going on one, I'm going to tell you a different genre. And you have to keep changing. Change as we go. As we go. Okay. You feeling up for that? Yeah, I was born to do this. Okay. <laughs> we I, was, were th I was doing this earlier back at the hotel. Yeah. It's so <laughs> <Right>. weird. <laughs> We, we were also thinking that what would maybe make this even better or just weirder would be if we got Chris Thiele back out here. Could we get Chris? Okay, Chris. So you just heard the setup, right? Yep. So you understand what this is. Yep. We're going to give Dave Hill a couple of characters. He is going to improv a movie trailer. We're going to change up the genre as we go, and you, our guests, are going to play music for the, that genre of movie. On the mandolin. It's just occurring to me what a terrible idea this is. Mandolins are so hot right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, the characters' names are Jason and Goldie. Got okay. it. And we're going to start with a trailer for a romantic comedy about Jason and Goldie. Mm -hmm. Jason, will we ever really understand him? We all thought he'd die in jail, but he got out and got back on his feet. And when he met Goldie, well, that's when the real trouble started. 
All right, sci-fi. If you ask around the people of the town, they, they'll tell you they never should have gotten that van. Or was it a van? Sure didn't look like a human being driving. The way he had green skin and all. And they drove off into the night, up the mountain. Turned out Goldie wasn't human either, which uh, after Jason's stint in prison was the last thing he needed. All right, <laughs> Disney cartoon. Jason. They pulled over the van and there was a giraffe a tough-talking kangaroo and a lion cub you just couldn't stay mad at. All right. Adam Sandler movie. Um. Hey. Get over here. Hey, what are you? Uh, hey, Drew Barrymore. You gonna be on this movie or what? The one about the thing we did last time was good. Let's do it again. Only this time, I'm gonna play a woman character too. She's my sister. Al Pacino's out of work. Let's get him. And scene. <laughs> Dave Hill and Chris Thiele. That was incredible. We did it. That was a reference to the, the hit movie Jack and Jill. Yeah. I feel like that, yeah. that goes over the heads of the NPR, PRI crowd. I believe most or people... under, I don't know. I feel, yeah, I think under, and I think they take that as a compliment. Yeah. It's, that's not getting in the criteria. Hey, the box office so. numbers don't lie. Yeah. Dave, that was incredible. Chris, thanks for helping out, too. Dave Hill and Chris Thiele, everybody. Let's tell you who helped make this episode possible. Big thanks to our guests, of course, Chris Thiele, Dave Hill, and the Wild Reeds. Thanks also to Bridget Lenwai, Jackie Lang, and Bruce Walker. The show is made possible in part by our sponsors, New Belgium Brewing Company, Whole Foods Market, Ergo Depot, and Alaska Airlines. Hotel accommodations generously provided by Provenance Hotels. Robin Tenenbaum is the executive producer and co-creator of Livewire. Laura Hatton is our producer and editor. Our announcer and writer is Jason Rouse. Our guest writer of the show is Hannah Withers. Our house band is Jonathan Newsom and A. Walker Spring. Happy birthday, Walker. Molly Pettit is our technical director. Unverzat is our backstage coordinator. House sound by D. Neil Blake. Our on-air mix by Jason Powers. Thanks for Revival Drum Shot. Our development director is Kim Bergstrom. Our operations manager is Lauren Masterson. Additional funding by the Meyer Memorial Trust and the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation. For information about our show, go to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
RRI, Public Radio International. All right, we're in the home stretch of this week's edition of the Livewire podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. My name is Luke Burbank. I am your host. Coming up, we've got an extra song by the Wild Reeds. First, though, uh, we've got another voicemail. This is from listener Carrie. Uh, in case you missed it, the phone number to call if you would like to be on the show is 803-597-2346, 803-LW-RADIO. Hi, Luke. Uh, my name's Carrie, and I thought I would call from the venue in which I usually listen to the show, which is on my bicycle. And this is now Hipster Portland commute. I'm riding through Dukes Valley, which is like a subset of the River Valley, and it is in Oregon, about an hour from Portland. Anywho, uh, you know, I really enjoy the extended part of the podcast compared to the radio show, but not everything is funny. Sometimes you should edit things. Like, not all of this phone call will be entertaining. Or- <laughs> I appreciate Carrie's self-awareness. Um, let me say this. Uh, I think that listener Carrie is losing some points on the wind interference on the microphone, on his headphones that are in his, I presume, iPhone maybe. But he's getting points on the kind of theater of the mind that's being created as we're riding along on the bike with listener Carrie. <laughs> so overall, I'm thumbs up on this voicemail. Let's keep listening until it gets boring. Some of it should be left on the cutting room floor, as they say. After all, even Steph Curry doesn't make more than half a shot, which may not be a very good joke if uh, this doesn't make it to the podcast before the Warriors are eliminated. And... I'm giving you some criticism because I know you said on the birthday episode it made you uncomfortable to have everyone fawning. So I thought I could give that a little bit of balance. To be fair, the reason I listen to Livewire is because you're my favorite Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me panelist. And on... I think it's June 24th, about a month from now, when I see the Wait, Wait taping in Portland, I'm hoping that you're going to be one of the panelists. Well, listener Carrie, you're in luck, my friend, because I will be on the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me panel on June 24th in Portland, Oregon. That's right. Uh, I will uh, I will be there with bells on, uh, doing my very best to win that uh, news quiz game. Also, one other thing. First of all, uh, thank you, Carrie, for the call. We really appreciate it. Um, Steph Curry shooting percentage, uh, in case you were wondering. I know a lot of us got up this morning curious about that. This season, uh, his field goal percentage is he's shooting basically 50% from the field, which is, which is pretty good. He's shooting like 45% from three-point land, which is... That's incredible. Steph Curry is, and I, you know, I understand this is a a potentially dangerous topic with our Portland listeners because the Warriors did take down the Blazers in the playoffs, and people are probably still seeing Steph Curry in their nightmares. I know Paul Allen is the owner of the Blazers, but um, but uh, yeah, Steph Curry is a he's unreal. But you're right, listener Curry. 
not everything I record as I'm sitting here in my little home office is is comedy gold. A lot of it tangential. A lot of it is me just staring out the window narrating what's happening with my yard. You know, you buy the ticket, you take the ride. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is what I got for you on a Memorial Day as I sit here drinking too much coffee out of a poorly designed cup. So uh, so that's what I've got for this week. Oh, and uh, listener uh, James uh, says uh, from uh, the email, which, by the way, is heyluke at livewireradio.org, heyluke at livewireradio.org. A listener James says, uh, hey, I look forward to listening to the podcast every week here in ye old England. I love Luke's ramblings between segments. The new format is fantastic. Keep it up. So there you go. Listener James in England is enjoying all of it. Uh, that's going to do it for the Livewire podcast this week, uh, except for one more bonus element, and that is this extra Wild Reads song. So enjoy that. Enjoy the rest of your week. I hope the weather is cooperating uh, wherever you are and that the moles aren't um, aren't troubling you too much. I can't say that for up here in Bellingham, Washington. We'll be back here around this time next week with the next edition of the Livewire podcast. Thank you so much for listening, little sparkies and wiredos. Uh, until then, stay plugged in, and we'll see you next week.
That's the Wild Reeds, right here on Livewire. Nice job. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait. Actually, no. Sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show, so you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time, because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. 